This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Well, Operation Shoestring is turning 50 years old this year, and our guest today is Executive Director of Operation Shoestring, Robert Langford. Now, he's here to talk about the great things that Operation Shoestring is doing for the community and how they plan to celebrate their 50th anniversary. Plus, we'll talk about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. Hey, you can be part of the show. Just give us a call at 877 877- an MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. MPBonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBonline.org. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. This now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a good day out there. A little bit of rain around the state. A little liquid sunshine. Of course, it is fall now. I kind of wish fall would actually show up. I know. That would be nice. Hey, look, we got a great show today. And, and I tell you what, amid the social tumult of the mid-1960s, a small group of courageous and caring citizens made a very bold statement by declaring exactly what they believed. And those beliefs were that every person in the city of Jackson should be treated with dignity, respect, kindness, regardless of the station. Boy, that's such an old school thought. We need more of that today. <laughs> we're going to start it with it today. How about that? With exactly. The show. Exactly. So uh, as well, but I'm very happy to have in 50 years later, of course, Operation Shoestring uh, is having a birthday. I had one of those this year too. One of those 50 year old things. You Mine know, is a 45th well, you know, one well, coming you know, up. You know what's going to happen? Yeah. Operation Shoestring is going to start getting up several times during the night. <laughs> um, I'm trucks, I know what's going to happen on their 50th. Trust me. It's, they're gonna, they're, if they're not in bifocals already, they're going to be in bifocals. But I tell you what, they do great work. Um, and our guest today is actually somebody I've had the uh, pleasure of knowing for a long time. Uh, we went through Leadership Jackson together way back when. Ooh, okay. In the 80s? No, no. No. <laughs> You right. weren't even here yet. Where, where's your kill switch? I'm going to hit that thing. <laughs> In the, see, I control that on I this know, side. I know you control that on this side. That's why I have to be polite. No, I mean, it was year 2000, okay. 1999, oh, okay. 2000. And, uh, yeah, we were 18 just, years ago. Woo. I mean, we were just talking. Of course, Robert Langford, by the way, I'm going to throw that name out there. He's Executive Director of Operation Two Strengths. Now, where I was going with that is that we were just talking because at the beginning of Leadership Jackson, we've Amy and I found out we were going to have our first child. Oh. And at the graduation... We had our first child, not at the graduation, but right around that time. And so Robert's like, well, God, you know, how long has it been? Well, yeah, that baby is now in college. Wow. So that's how long it's been. And it, isn't it weird how you look at the calendar and somebody says, yeah, it happened in 2005. And you're like, well, that was like two weeks ago. And then you, <laughs> then you start doing some basic math and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Hurricane Katrina. You know, right. We we, years we ago, talk about know? it every Monday with us. I mean, our children, of course, you have a high schooler. A college and an elementary? Oh, no, no. He's middle school. <laughs> okay. He, I keep putting him in. Uh, no, he got a promotion. Okay. He did. He's in middle school. Yeah. And um, with Jordan, it's funny. Ninth grade? Mm-hmm. She'll be a oh, senior you, in a minute. Don't you be blinking. I know. And you keep telling me, but I'm, I'm trying to just live every day in the moment so I can enjoy every very, moment. Very zen of you. I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> and this is homecoming. Homecoming for her school. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting that... Um, they have so many activities all week long, so I'm excited. Yeah, we got all the dress-up days and yeah. all that stuff going on. Yeah, so. it's going to be fun. Yeah, which is good, thankfully, because I've been so wrapped up with my schoolwork, as you know. Yes. And see, mm-hmm. I'm lucky because I can say, hey, Amy, could you do that for me? So it'd be great. So she's been helping him get all of his uniforms and costumes That's and everything neat. ready for that. But, yeah, I got a very nice date, so I'm happy for him. Oh, he, nice. he, he's injured. He didn't get to run this weekend, so oh. we were sad. But he's fine. I mean, it's just he pulled a calf muscle in his oh. leg. But 
So he has he to take care of himself first. He is. He'll be in the. He'll be run the next meet. So all's good. But you know, yeah. it's tough. You know, it was a very mature decision on his part, saying, "You know what? I need to rest up." Because Dad would have been out there going, "I'm going to roll run," and I would have <laughs> hurt myself worse because I did that playing football. So oh my! Definitely. But yeah, big weekend. Um, yeah, football was like. Pfft. Kind of a rough weekend. I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a football person. I scrolled through the channels yesterday. I was like, looked at my boyfriend. I was like, oh, the uh, Saints Saint, one. Right. So, that's yeah, what I asked yeah. him. You want to watch the game? Uh, we both were like, eh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was busy writing a paper. So I yeah, didn't get that's to, what I said. I, I, I didn't get I had to enjoy other it. things to do, but they won. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, of course. You know, Ole Miss won, but I mean, it was, I think that game is still going on because <laughs> they kept having lightning delays. And, wow. You know, and it was just, I mean, it just, there were pictures that looked like the apocalypse. My. You know, like dark clouds coming in and you couldn't see and all that. So yeah, think- we had a lot of uh, rain yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Oh, really? We had a big, and it's funny, we had a big afternoon, like three o'clock pour down and yeah. then later on around six another one so it was yeah we had just enough so when the sun came right back out mm-hmm. again it was like somebody hit you with the steamer from the iron <laughs> so it was really tough but yeah no i had though this, this okay now school is totally different you should have warned me about this <laughs> because everything's done online now yes so you have to upload papers yes. and stuff which i think is kind of cool because it allows you flexibility you don't yes. have to go sit in class and all right. that the problem is last night there was a gremlin in the machine so I sat there for three and a half hours trying to upload a paper, and at midnight I just looked at. I said, "I hate the world," because I missed the deadline. You know what's so, funny? Guess what? To, on Everyday Tech this Wednesday, we're going to talk about troubleshooting, and I'm actually going to put that in the show because you talked about that. What do you do when uh, you're trying to upload a paper or anything um, to Canvas or Blackboard, and it doesn't go through? Oh, what if could I'd it be? Had a gun, I would have shot the <laughs> shot the computer. Could be a um, compatibility issue. Uh, could be browser, a lot of things. I think it was a browser mm-hmm. issue. So we'll talk about it just in case some other online students are having some issues with uploading their uh, assignments as well. That's a good topic to talk about. So that's what we talk about here on this show. We yeah. talk about what we're going to talk about in two days. Every, yes, that exactly. Works out pretty well. So um, a lot of great shows. The automotive show is fantastic. Yeah, don't you love it? Yes, she's yes. awesome. She's and uh, I was telling uh, Liz, we don't even have to worry about anything because everyone owns a car and everyone's had car trouble. So that's like a tech show. Everyone has tech exactly. trouble. So the show is going to be a success. It's going to be a success. And it is a success right now. I love it. I'm engineering the show. Liz is hosting. We have, so I call it Girls Power. It's a Girls Power show. Sorry, I can't give you that to you. <laughs> can't do that for you as well. Well, I tell you what, um, why don't we just go ahead and jump into break? Because I'd love yes. to have Robert on the show. Get him in here. Talk Because I can't wait. In Operation Shoestring, like I said, I was going to put this in the show, but I took it out, Robert. I have heard operation shoestrings since we moved to mississippi but you just put it back in. i did i have always heard about operation shoestrings being a part of something you know and and um how what they do for the community and what they do for uh jackson and it's just always there so now we'll get to know if you don't know about it now we'll get to explain what this place is and what they've done for the community over 50 years well you know i wrote a piece over the weekend it's on my facebook page about how you know, I, I figured out I've maybe got 30 years left if I'm really lucky. And, I mean, how do I want to live out the rest of my life? And it seems like these days, and I don't know if it, the Mayans were right or not, but everybody is so afraid mm. and they're so angry and they're turning so inward. And that one thing I love about Operation Shoestring and what they do is that they're just the opposite of that. Mm. And they're really the kind of empathy and caring that we need more of. Now, you've got to understand, I'm a grumpy soul, so don't be thinking I'm just all kumbaya. But, I mean, honestly, seriously, watch the news. And everybody is so angry. I mean, I try to get away from social media mm-hmm. now because even though I'm on there a lot and that's part of what I do, I mean, people are so mad mm. about everything. Mm-hmm. Now, some stuff justifiably, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But uh, the bottom line is, what are you doing for others? What are you mm. doing to fix what you're mad about? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. I mean, I do apply. I, I applaud Robert back <laughs> 500 years ago when we knew each other back then because he was every day he got to go to work mm-hmm. and he tried to make the world a little bit better. Mm. So look forward to hearing more from him in 50th. 50th anniversary. Yes. That's unbelievable. And it's wonderful. And Robert didn't look half that old. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, I know he was a prodigy when he jumped in there and was heading it at three, but that's okay. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to come back in just a second and welcome our guest, Executive Director of Operation Shoestrings, Robert Langford. This is Now You're Talking, only here on MPB Think Radio.
mpbonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at mpbonline.org. Afterglow is your home for the Great American Songbook. Each week, I'll showcase the best in vocal jazz and popular song from the 1930s to today, from Frank, Billy, and Ella to folks like Kurt Elling, Diane Reeves, and Gregory Porter. I'm Mark Chilla, and spend some time with Afterglow, Sundays at 6 on MPB Music Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. And we were talking a little bit before the break. Honestly, this world just seems to be a little bit crazy. I'm not sure that sells anymore, you know, empathy. You know, it seems so old school. But really, honestly, um, well, our next guest is pretty good at that. I, I got it. And I've known him a long time. I'm thrilled that he, I, I was joking. I had to get him on the radio to talk to him because I haven't seen him in a while. But we got the executive director of Operation Shoestrings, Robert Langford, is in the house. Executive director, what's a great title? That means you do a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, I don't know what the executive part is uh, or the <laughs> directing part is because I have such a great group of colleagues I work with. You do um, work with good folks. Yeah, I'm yeah. R- really blessed to work with not only the sort of uh, the staff, the folks who are on the payroll with me, but our board and, and uh, volunteers. And those include volunteers who are our parents, it includes folks from the junior league, from fraternities and sororities, you know, so on and so forth. So all of us work together to make it work. How long have you been there now? I've been there for a thousand years, Marshall. So um, I actually started... Uh, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Well, that's right. I had a pet T-Rex and all that kind of thing. No, I actually um, I did some contract work at the end of 1994 and came on full-time okay. in 1995. So I think I'm in my 24th year. 24th so. year. Gosh, so you, you yeah. must have been almost right out of college then. Uh, bless you. Thank you uh, for the bad eyesight or the Well, dishonesty. I don't have my glasses on. I was yeah. like, no, I'm so, just being kind. You know, I was, we're, we're not far off in age. Yeah, well, I, I was... Uh, um, I guess I was maybe 31 or something Were like you that. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had done a few things before before then. And I mean, would you go to Scott? Would you go to college to do? What did you think you were going to do when you grew up? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went to college to have a good time and to and to get. I out. went to that same college. <laughs> it was great. Uh, to have a good time and to get educated and to uh, oh. and to. I, I I grew up in Mississippi. Grew up in Jackson. I went to college in Virginia and um, and I was a history major and I have a. Um, uh, a master's in history, went to graduate school uh, in California and uh, eventually moved back to Mississippi thinking I might teach or do something that um, that I thought uh, might be representing a section of my interests and needs in Mississippi and didn't know about my skill set and uh, was really interested in um, this organization that I'd known about all my life, yeah. Operation Shoestring, and, and didn't really know what I would end up doing, but they had an opening there doing kind of communications work and a little bit of fundraising. And I uh, started um, doing some work in, in, in that space and, and then worked with the executive director and the team there and, and um, I guess just couldn't, couldn't leave. Right, so, and that's really the best way to ever do what you do is to start at the bottom and kind of work your way toward the top. Well, you you know a lot about what works and what doesn't work, exactly. Um, and and uh, you're under no illusions that um, you know you you really are really in charge, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so. No, exactly. But I mean, the thing is, you know who knows what they know, and that's pretty important. Right, right. And one of the things I learned too um, is to really listen to the folks I work with. Would you um, say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not from the neighborhood that we serve. And right. so uh, having an ear to and, and eyes on um, what the parents and the kids 
um, are articulating about their own needs and their wants and desires was just critical for me, and that's really important now to continue to do that. Yeah, let's. I'm going to get off the rails for just a half a second here yeah. because I think you touched on something that has been in the news lately about the brain drain, where a lot of our kids are leaving and doing kind of what you did. They they run off and go to school somewhere else, yep. and they never come back. Yep. Yep. What what brought you back to Mississippi? You know, I, I definitely was one of those folks who didn't think I would come back. Not that I didn't like my home state. but You missed the humidity. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> They've got it in a few other places where I live, like okay. D.C., I promise. No, but, sure, D.C. does have uh, But, um, I, you know, I don't know. There were some things going on in my life that, that sort of uh, drew me back here um, unintentionally. And then the other thing is I really missed uh, a sense of community and um and I didn't quite know, you know, that can be that can be suffocating as well as um, kind of awesome at the same time. And I, I figured I, w- I would come back here and and try to understand the community that raised me, right? Um, and also at the same time work on those issues that really informed what I thought to be um, were critical things that shaped everything in Mississippi. And those are issues around poverty. And race and slash racism and and, uh, education and all those kinds of things. I had not articulated it exactly that way when I jumped into it, but I knew that those were things I was hungry uh, to to try to understand. I've always said that you can't understand Mississippi just by driving from your house to your office every day, that you literally have to get in there. And it sounds like that was kind of what the experience was for you. I I think so. And I I was lucky enough to be raised by folks, um, both my my parents and my siblings and in my kind of church community and school community really pushed us to try to understand the world beyond you know our immediate bubble or neighborhood right and um and that allowed me to kind of be hunger hungry to understand folks uh whose lives were different from my own right um, and realize too that we're all connected um and uh and either sort of directly or indirectly and, and the more that we kind of try to build a healthy connection between our communities and I would say uh, maybe knock down those walls that have been that we've also constructed that separate us. The better we're all going to be. Now that's it's almost pie in the sky, but it's not quite. I'm about to say that's you know I mean, and I've lived here 21 years, and and I've seen Mississippi grow in some areas and maybe go backwards in some areas. How how frustrating is that for you? Because some days you have to feel like Siphius pushing the boulder up the hill. Yeah, that's you know that. Um, thing from Greek mythology uh, I quote a lot so uh, I draw it, it a lot so yeah yeah, yeah the Sisyphus like experience uh, so here, here's what I would say about that in, in the context of my work at Operation Shoestring is that or the work that I'm blessed to be part of is that there are days many days and it feels like that but there are also days when we actually roll that stone over the hill yeah and, and for um the listeners who don't know that wonderful thing from greek mythology mythology don't ask me to spell sisyphus yeah but, don't ask but, me to pronounce it but, so we'll be we're in good shape but, but google it it's a wonderful tale about this guy who's uh, you know sentenced uh to hades uh for evil deeds i think he's a king somewhere and his sentence is to roll this stone up this hill and try to roll over, over the top of the hill. But as he gets closer to the top of the hill, it gets heavier or bigger. Or so, you know, he can't, he never makes it so easy, sort of eternally damned to doing this. Well, we actually roll that stone over. You do. And, 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 and we do it yeah. by a lot of us working together to do it. Right. And I think, I think number one, you touched on the teamwork's important. But yeah. I think, too, because it's so easy to get caught up with the aggregate and what's going on as a whole. Yeah. And then you, realize that you're in touching individual lives when you have a, a young man or a young young lady come up to you and say you know what because of what y'all did for me here at operation Shoestring, i have a future that's got to be terribly rewarding yeah it is so so uh, understanding the balance and connection between the direct services and the way that you uh, impact individual lives and and of course how they impact you which is yeah. the, that wonderful blessing that you never think about when you're doing this kind of work but also thinking about the more macro uh, issues, the systemic stuff, and, and, and trying to keep those in balance. So while you're, you know, and, and it's a, a tough thing to do, but that's one of the things that we as an organization are getting more into is, is trying to connect the direct uh, impactful services work that we do on the ground in the heart of Jackson with, um, you know, some of the systemic issues. Right. Founded in 1968. Man, 1968 was a rough year for the country yeah. and for Jackson as well. Um, 
just a bunch of folks, and, and started in Wales United Methodist Church, didn't it? Well, it did, formally began there. It was always incorporated as a separate separate 501c3, right. a separate organization, but with a lot of input from and partner, very active partnership with Wells. And it and its um, its roots actually go back a couple years before that, in 1966, and James Meredith's March Against Fear, mm-hmm. when he marched from Memphis to Jackson, and and uh, Mr. Meredith was was shot on that um, uh, that march, and um, NAACP asked people to meet in their own communities and figure out a local response to that. And there was one such meeting in what is now our core neighborhood uh, at a local church. And, and people, um, you know, were asked how do they want to respond. And one of the sort of overarching responses from the folks at this meeting was, you know what? We don't have safe places for our kids to play. Yeah. Um, there was a fence built around our neighborhood park, ha- and those kinds of things happened across the, the South, not just Mississippi, uh, ostensibly to keep black and white folks from from mixing. And and uh, folks in the neighborhood wanted safe places for their kids to play. And so, coming out of that meeting uh, uh, at this neighborhood church, some people got together. They created these playgrounds, and that focus on keeping kids safe while sort of honoring what it is to be a kid, to yeah. play and explore, ended up dovetailing with some things that were happening at Wells uh, uh, Methodist Church. Um, and, you know, a couple of years later, the organization was formally established. Wow. Um, what's the ultimate goal of Operation Tuesday? Wow, what is the ultimate goal? You know, it's it's like a lot of nonprofits doing service work. I guess is to is to work ourselves out of a job. I know. Uh, and, uh, but, but more realistically, I think it's really to be – um, uh, very effective in creating opportunities for kids and families um, and to maybe be a an example. I don't know about a model. We use that term a lot, but it's really to be a, an example for others for how you can do it right. um, and, and, uh, and, and how we can all work together to make life better for, you know, uh, communities like that, which we serve on the Southern end of Bailey Avenue uh, and for ourselves, those, for those of us who don't, don't live in, um, you know, high need, high poverty neighborhoods. You know, I, it's hard to believe you've been there for half of his existence, pretty much. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I had my my hair was a different color, and my, <laughs> as was my waistline when I started. So that happens, uh, doesn't it? It does. It does. The joy, the joy of uh, of of aging. Oh, it's better than the alternative, though. That's right. Yeah, because you know, I mean, James Dean. You know what happened to him? <laughs> He's forever young. Oh, it's true. Talk about. I mean, from where it was. When you started to where it is today, what have been some of the cha- what are some of the challenges you're facing today? Yeah, so um, you know there there are a lot of of, of challenges. I think um, one of the things that we are doing well, although it's an internal struggle, is is um, working with um, kind of a, I, I guess a public school system that's really um, under attack. Um, and in many ways, and I don't say this uh, to pick on any particular group, but public schools are faced with, uh, and, and communities like Jackson are faced with a ton of challenges, and and yet those are the places that are the hubs for kids and parents in right. communities like this. I mean, they are the most viable hubs in many, many ways, and so we have a strategic partnership with the, with the schools, and we work in the schools and and work with the schools and so that that's a real challenge um to to work with um the schools with all the challenges that are are there uh, that they've got to deal with um resources are always a challenge but that you know it's that's i mean that's never not exactly (laughs) i mean you're not going to wake up one day and go oh that problem solved right but but, i mean don't you i mean because anybody's in the nonprofit world knows that 2008 kind of changed the universe it just seems like that the great recession kind of changed how people gave it it it, it did and you know we have been really blessed and really lucky to have um, a great team that's board that's staff that's that's our donors that's the parents and the families that we serve and volunteers who um, you know really have have stepped up and worked with us? Um, the the other thing that we've done over the past decade, in particular, and really over the past six or seven years, is to really try to quantify the impact of our work and to mm-hmm. look at data um, and to to understand um, the you know a lot of the knowns unknowns to quote uh, Donald Rumsfeld about our work and to you know to show that that the kids in our programs typically outperform. Their peers at the same schools who are in our programs, which yeah. is the yield you'd you'd expect to seek on that kind of investment. Right. Um, and so we're one of the things that's really happening is that we're looking at data, 
Um, and, and we are sharing that with a number of people and our funders. Um, and, you know, they, that's one of the things that I think has sustained us, that we are actually showing that we're making a difference. Now, the challenge is that we want to make more of a difference. We want to see more, um, uh, I guess, uh, growth in academic proficiency for our kids. We want, we want to see, um, you know, uh, parents uh, more engaged in what's going on in their schools, all those kinds of things. Although we're seeing really good numbers for, for the kids and families that we serve. One of the greatest challenges is how to take to scale the kind of stuff that we're experiencing because we're, I guess we're, we're pre- a pretty cool organization, but we're, we're not really unique. You know, right. we're, we're no smarter than any other people or organization out there and, and figuring out how to share the best practices that, that, you know, we, we are, um, I guess, seeing and, and trying to build out. That's one of our great opportunities going forward. Yeah, I would think that, you know, that's one line of work where um, stealing ideas is not criminal. <laughs> emulating. <laughs> emulating. Emulating. Oh, that's right. right. Emulating. Borrowing. Yeah, that's right. Borrowing. But, I mean, you're right. If you see something that's working for somebody else, you jump in there a little bit. And it also sounds like that. Um, it's as important for you to engage parents as it is the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we know that, that um, you know, kids are not discreet from their family situation. And so um, we really look at the uh, our work holistically and mm-hmm. try to make sure that parents um, are – uh, have voice and choice in the kind of programming that we right. do. We know a lot of best practices and, and we, and, you know, speaking of stealing ideas, there's not something that we've done. That's probably original. We've, you know, we've borrowed nationally and locally from lots of other places and, and tried to adapt it to what works for our community. Yeah. And, and one of the key parts of that is to make sure parents are part of that process, right? They weigh in, they, they are engaged. They, um, you know, they feel valued, right? What we all want as human beings is to feel valued. I think one of the challenges with a lot of our schools now is, is um, they are responsible for so many um, sort of testing right. uh, things, and it's hard to have a, a kind of a deep relationship with the with your customers, which are your, your right. kids and particularly your, your parents. And so one of the things we're trying to do is is work with the schools and work with our parents to make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody feels valued. And that's a really tough thing in this uh, to do in this day and age. Definitely as well. I'm going to throw out some services that you provide. You just tell me a little bit about it. Project Rise. Sure. That is, that's our after school and, and summer program. And it is um, pre-K uh, through uh, fifth grade, and we have done middle school, and we're going to get back online with middle school this summer. Um, we've had to have a, a, a break there for really funding uh, uh, issues, but it's it's not rocket science. It's focused on academics, on uh, kind of character development, cultural exploration, all those kinds of things. If you imagine um, a good after-school program uh, or something you'd want for your own kids, that's a lot of the same stuff that we're doing. And so it's not just Fortnite. Uh, it's not. No, that's what's happening upstairs at my house with my teenagers. So, yes. uh, no, it, it's not. Although I'm sure some of our teens would love to do that. So, so it's it's just it's uh, really almost year round after school uh, programming. And uh, right now we're serving um, about 250 uh, kids, and that's great. and most of those elementary kids or all of those elementary kids um, go to Galloway Elementary School. Yeah, and. Uh, and then um, during the summer, we'll serve upwards of about 300. And we have – it's mostly Galloway, but we're also serving kids at some other elementary schools within the linear high school feeder pattern right in the heart of Jackson. Hmm. Um, so that, that's most, most of the what Project Rise is. Well, let's, let's take a quick break. We'll continue with that because there's Great. a lot more of the things we have yet to cover. Of course, yeah. in the studio with us right now is Executive Director of Operation Shoestrings, Robert Langford. Great guy. And, of course, you can be part of the show as well, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. 
For more information, go to mpbonline.org/underwriting. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. All right, I'm going to sing happy birthday for you right now. No, I'm not. It's actually the 50th anniversary for Operation Shoestring. And in the studio, we have the executive director, Robert Langford. And, of course, I've known Robert for a long time. We went through Leadership Jackson together back when uh, Jackson's population was about 10 people. It was right after it got burned down, I think, back in the day. Robert, it's good to have you here. That's great to be here, Marshall. Yeah, thanks. 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 I really like your radio voice, too. It's <laughs> very soothing. Uh, it's perfect. Tell you what, um, you know, we were talking about some of the services, you get Project Rise, and th- that's really great. One that really kind of jumps out at me, and I just like it because I know the kids um, get a chance to really get some leadership opportunities as ambassadors. Yeah, that's an extraordinary uh, program that was started by one of our staff people and um, two other folks in the community who've done a lot of youth work and um, really in response to um, uh, the need to do some leadership work in partnership with Jackson Public Schools. And um, the the iteration as it's evolved and as it currently is uh, now is really, really amazing. And it's a small group. They're representatives from all seven Jackson high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up being about 40 uh, or so high schoolers. And, and uh, there's a new class that's kind of inducted every and recruited every fall. And we've got 20 right now, and in about a month, they'll have a, a retreat, retreat, and we'll get up to 40. Um, uh, but it's it's really it's extraordinary. It's and when you, and when you talk, think about sort of the focus is on leadership development and civic engagement, right? And leadership development, everybody kind of knows generally what that means. Civic engagement is sort of being um, uh, aware of how to get involved in your community and, right. and understanding your voice and understanding that you have um, power with knowing how to use your voice effectively. Yes. Right. So, and, um, and, and, and it's really, uh, really extraordinary uh, the the work that this group of, of folks have done. We, about a year and a half ago, we um, took maybe, I think nine of them to DC um, uh, to meet with uh, a number of uh, reps of our um, congressional delegation, and they had uh, meetings with Wicker staff and 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 uh, Thompson, and and of course with Senator Cochran. And one of the things they were they were advocating on behalf of um, was making sure that um, there was adequate support for an investment in quality after school um, programming right. for. You know, not just for Jackson kids, but for Mississippi's kids, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the majority of of, um, of uh, there's been some polling done that and that says that people are really in favor of um, public funding for after school and summer programs for kids, regardless of race, regardless of geography, regardless of political affiliation. So and so, the kids, you know, had they learned about that, and they went and we put it before them and said, these are the facts. What do y'all want to do? And they sort of shaped up their messaging and talked to our, you know, our congressional reps. And, the, and, and That had to make you kind of proud. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was a little bit of a kind of white-knuckle experience because you're always, <laughs> are they going to say the right thing? We didn't need to worry at all. And they're, you know, so yeah. they're like, you, you give kids the opportunity and, and, and kind of support, and they, they will make the right decisions and, and figure it out. So that's, in a nutshell, that's really what this this uh, programming is about. Gosh, that's better than a lot of grownups I know. I, I'm telling you. I mean, certainly they handle it better than I would have, without a doubt. I will say this, though, and, you know, you touched on something about how Ambassadors was created because one of your staff people came up and said, I got this idea, which says a lot about the way the leadership set up at, at there, because you're, you're allowing, you're empowering your staff to come up and say, Hey, look, I've got an idea. Well, and, and it was staff and some other folks who work really closely with the staff. And, and I, um, you know, I'm, I'm learning in my, uh, late middle age to, uh, <laughs> to really, uh, know when somebody else has got a better idea than you do. Right. Yeah. And, and to, you know, it it's it's it really it's about getting the right thing done, right? I'm I'm in favor of the of the right idea, and sometimes it's I want it to be my idea, but mostly it needs to be the right idea. You know, my marriage got a lot better when I started <laughs> accepting that. Theory I'm still too. learning that at home. Just just ask my better half. So yes, uh, so. she did mention it to me the other day. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Art Museum, so. I'm sure she did. Family engagement. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's working with parents, and uh, that that's the really that's the 
key piece of, of getting um, parents and other um, kind of partners who are serving parents uh, all working on the same page about understanding the, the landscape, the challenges that, that yeah. parents, particularly parents from low-income communities face around health care issues, around uh, you know, being adequately banked, around um, you know, what they call family economic security, um, having enough food you know, yeah. if, over the weekend, and all those kinds of things. So um, and and uh, the biggest you know thing sort of motivator that we've learned is to, is to is to try to discern what our parents are interested in and then build programming around that. I think that's brilliant too because I think that's one area a lot of people don't think about. But I remember that first time just putting my kid in the car and driving home mm-hmm. for that first trip. I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> And I still don't actually, but yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we, um, our, our staff work great with our parents, but we are not, we're not social workers. Um, we, um, we're kind of facilitators, if you will. So we bring in, um, we work with, uh, partner organizations that have trained social workers and others to, to, you know, do things uh, like, um, workshops on trauma informed care and, and a lot of really sort of tough things. And that's, that's, you know, I think that's good management for my team as well. Exactly. We have Edward from Meridian who has a comment or a question as well. Edward, welcome to the show. Hi, Edward. Oh, Hi, Edward. I was wondering who was it that it began operations. She strained if they had you the name or, yeah, so it was actually a a, a bunch of people um, who were on the founding board, um, and and I'm trying to uh, you're, you're testing my my memory and poking at my gray matter. See if I can recall. I was going to just say my grandfather was a Methodist minister, I guess at Wells about that time. Russell Gilbert, he had mentioned something about it. Absolutely. So he, way back then. Yeah. You know, so I'm so glad to, to, to talk to you. And so Russell's name is famous. I don't know much about him, but he was, he was critical uh, to letting that work happen at Wells. And, and I think he was there maybe through early 69, something like that. Um, yeah. And, maybe. And, and uh, and he worked with the founding board members. It included um, there were there were a bunch of Methodists. I, got, I can't lie; they were they were all yeah. up in it. Um, but there were some folks from other congregations. There was a member of the um, of uh, Beth Israel, the Jewish congregation here, as well as some um, other other folks whose uh, denomination probably Har- Seventh Day Horizontalists as well. Uh, but but Russell, I think, was pivotal, and he was key to having it um, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, birthed at Wells. And so I'm, okay. I'm really glad to make a connection, and I would invite you to, to email me. You can go to our website at operationshoestring.org, and I'd love to, to find out okay. more about your granddad. That would be really interesting. Thank you. Okay. It would have been his 100th birthday last month. Oh, my goodness. So I know he had mentioned it, and I remember when I was younger visiting there it was wells i believe then yeah. And, yeah and all but well we're we're still in that neighborhood and actually we uh 25 years ago we moved down the street and um uh bought an old building that we are about to renovate and we are actually offices moving back to wells as of this friday so come visit us back i think it's 2019 uh bailey avenue uh at, okay. at wells united methodist church um and a plug for wells they're having their annual wells fest this Saturday. Right. So, uh, that's, gosh, is that's it already a, time for that? It's wow. already time for that. Yeah. So, but I but think I'm on their mailing list on email or Facebook page, and maybe Operation Shoestring also. But I'll have to check the. Well, we, I'll get in touch with you or whatever. Yeah, well, we'd love to put you on our mailing list. But I'd, I'd uh, if you email me, I'd love to follow up with you about your granddad. Thank you so All much right. for reaching out. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks. See. A great Thank Mississippi you. moment right there. Absolutely. Bringing connections and bringing people together. It's a small town, the whole state. Two degrees of separation yeah. as well. Very cool. Um, you know, you, you touched on something. You're talking about the different denominations coming together. Yeah. And usually, I mean, you get folks together and they usually end up fighting about potluck. So, I mean, <laughs> this is this. Is, but what? We really do a good job here in Jackson and in Mississippi working together for w- when we see something yeah. that needs to be done. Right. But you also have a lot of community partnerships as well. 
And you mean, I mean, like 50 plus organizations all coming in to help. Yeah, and that number might even be low. And again, I've got a, a, a great group of colleagues I work with who are really good at recruiting. And it's not just numbers, it's sort yeah. of strategically how can we uh, work with y'all to, to get X done? Right. And, um, and I mean, that's kind of the way that it works. We'll never raise the resources nor have the expertise that we need to do this work, um, which is pretty significant. And, and it's roll up your sleeves, um, serious work and fun work, too. Right. So we we reach out to, you know, houses of worship across the whole uh, uh, spectrum of God's world to, to make this uh, work happen. And, and lots of, uh, you know, lots of companies and banks and fraternities and sororities and, you know, rotary, what have you. So it, it and. We really do believe at our core that this work is about all of us. And we say, um, uh, you know, we all rise together. That's kind of the tag uh, uh, end of our tagline, if you will. And, and uh, you know, the opposite of that is true. If we, if we don't work together, we all sink together. So how, how do we figure out how to, how to uh, work together so that we can rise together? Yeah, I've always t- been tickled to people that say, you know, your end of the boat's leaking. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. I'm going to use that sometime. Yeah, that's, I just always kind of get, kind of chuckle at that a little bit. And, you know, I mean, we're talking about you're doing something in the middle of Jackson. Um, It doesn't matter if you're listening in Memphis or Mobile or anywhere else in between. These are issues that face every, every town in Mississippi. And that's, that's the thing. And of course, I I see that you do a statewide after school network as well. Yeah. So, um, and, we we were lucky enough to be approached actually multiple times, and we said no, 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 because we thought we were too busy. But finally, we're approached by um, a foundation in Michigan um, that has helped um, support organizations uh, to work with other partners to set up a network in in each state in support of quality after school care. Yeah, and Mississippi as is. Sometimes the case, we were often, uh, you know, where we're the first or last in those things, you know, only first or last. And we were the we were the only state that didn't have a statewide after school network. And so we um, we said, sure, we'll explore this. And we um, started talking to other partners, um, everybody from uh, State Department of Human Services to Department of Education to Woodward Hines Education Foundation to the William Winter Institute for Racial, Racial Reconciliation to springboard to opportunities and i'm probably going to miss a few more just people who had an interest in after school um and they said yeah we we want to work with y'all uh on this multi-year vision to set up a network in support of quality after school and so we're kind of i guess beginning just about our third year of of the network being almost fully birthed uh with a, a long list of things yet to do but we're really really excited about it because these issues of after school and summer programs, it's not just during the school year, are critical. Kids spend, uh, school age kids spend approximately 80% of their waking hours outside of the formal school day. Wow. 80%, right? So that, of course, that's almost all summer, but it's, it's every afternoon after school, early evenings, and on weekends. And so, you know, if we can create safe, constructive, and engaging, fun, um, uh, places for kids to be, um, how awesome is that? And what a great yield for the school uh, that these kids go to and for the community and for the parents. And the kids are learning skills that they can take into the schools that can help propel them to success. That's right. And we're really interested in not just the academics, um, that's a given, but also the soft skills. Those are the things that uh, so many big employers here in the state and around the USA that are critical, right? It's it's critical and analytical. And being adaptable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm learning that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, A lot of fun as well. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to continue talking to Robert Langford, Executive Director of Operations Shoestring. And I'm learning how to speak English today. It's really exciting. So far, I'm doing pretty well. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Make a little space, make a better place, heal the world, make it a better place for you. 
MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. We have Executive Director of Operation Shoestrings, Robert Langford, is in the studio. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Um, before we get right back into Robert real quick, uh, just a previous guest update. Mike Sands, who's on WLBT and Fox 40, was on the show talking a little bit about his cancer journey. As many of you know, he was given, I guess, 649 days ago, was told a 40% chance that he'd be dead in five years. Well, he has been fighting cancer, and he was clean of cancer for a while. Um, he just posted an update saying that it has come back in his mouth. He's going to have surgery in the, in the roof of his mouth a little bit. But I just want to say that out there because I know some of you uh, pray, and I was just thinking if you can throw some good thoughts or a prayer or two toward Mike. Mike's a great guy. He's got a great attitude and has given cancer fits. He should not even be here, and he is still here. And um, he's going to have uh, about three-week recovery on that. And so, but anyway, uh, just thinking of Mike. So there you go. Uh, Robert, we've talked 50th anniversary. You've got a lot of activities coming up. Gosh. Yeah, we, we do. So um, uh, we are having, I guess, a culminating event for the 50th anniversary um, on Friday, November 16th, which is that Friday right before Thanksgiving week. And it'll be an all-day um, celebration. Um, and we'll, the morning will be workshops about things that relate to our work, in a sense, a lot of stuff about after school, working together, um, uh, sort of it, it'll be sexier than I'm describing it, I, I promise you. And then we'll have a uh, lunch uh, with a keynote speaker, uh, Dr. Chris Emden, who's uh, – in the math department at uh, Columbia University's uh, Teachers College, who's done a lot of work on kind of urban education and uh, the use of youth culture and uh, and student realities in in schools. So appropriate for uh, certainly um, the the population that we serve here, and, and relevant to a lot of uh, folks. We think about the best way to teach kids, um, and uh, and we'll also that evening have a what's essentially going to be a, a concert. Um, with a number of local bands and artists uh, covering songs that were written or released uh, in 1968. And, uh, and that's some good songs. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, great, great songs. And there'll be uh, lots of different genres covered, so it'll be really a cool day, and you can find out about that on our uh, Facebook page uh, for Operation Shoestring or at operationshoestring.org. Um, and the other thing we're going to be doing that day is uh, revealing the big plans for our building renovation. And we're, you know, we think a lot about uh, uh, how in environment affects kids, and well, it affects all of us, right? And so um, we have had the great uh, uh, good fortune to have a lot of people step up to help us. Uh, raise funds uh, to completely um, renovate our building and mm-hmm. create a green space uh, next to our building that really um, reflects our values um, uh, in support of the kids and families we serve. And it'll be just going to be fabulous, um, and I can't wait. And that, uh, we hope, uh, will um, start within about 30 days and take about a year. You know, you, you have shoestring in your name, but that's pretty appropriate mm-hmm. to your budget, too. I mean, you guys really, you weren't, I mean, you're not spendthrifts. I mean, you are spendthrifts. Well, you're not. You're not. I am. Okay, never mind. I got that backwards. It's Monday. We we are thrifty, uh, and and uh, but you know we we've been really fortunate, and and I think we've also worked hard to uh, to get people to see the value yeah. of what we do, and and you know, and to make sure that we manage our resources well. We are accountable to the people who support us. We're accountable to the kids and families that we serve, and we're really accountable to the larger community, particularly if you go back and stand on um, this notion that we fully try to live into is that we all rise together. I know a friend of mine, I, we had a charity for skin, around skin cancer, and we would put on a race every year, and the only expense we ever put toward ourselves every year was we had lunch after that race and talked about <laughs> it, and I felt so guilty. I was like, I'm not even getting cheese on my sandwich. I was like, I, I hated spending the money. It's like, well, oh. well, that that's certainly admirable, yeah. and uh, but, no. but 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 make, making sure that the nonprofits right. that you support are spending their dollars well is, is critical. No, sure. y'all, y'all do just such a great job. I mean, my point on that was that y'all do really a great job 
uh, making sure the dollars go exactly where they need to go. Well, thank so, you. Thank so you. On that, uh, just once again, because people are probably listening as, as we're starting to wrap up thinking, you know what, um, Robert, I, I've listened to you for an hour. I'm ready to sign on. What can I do to help? Sure. We, we, we always need volunteers and, uh, and, and we, and we need your support and, and, or just sign up to, to kind of see what we do or come visit us. Uh, operation is our, is our website or follow us on Facebook. And, and, uh, you know, we, we want people to, um, uh, get to know us uh, before they commit to us. And, yeah. and, uh, in, and we'd love to have you of course, join us on Friday, November 16th at the convention center. And then later at the Mississippi museum of art for our 50th anniversary celebration as well. Well, how did you manage to book the museum of art? I'm telling you it was hard. It was hard. I, yeah. I kid you not. I kid you not. I heard I, the person who runs that place is pretty tough. Oh my gosh. I, I 24 seven. I and I can vouch for that. But, but anyway, we we were lucky. We were lucky. Well, I tell you what, um, you know, when you were talking about the ambassadors program, I kept thinking, you know what, you're probably uh, training up whoever it is going to be to replace you in the job. Well, yeah, no doubt. And not just me, but, you know, training up our future leaders. Yeah. And that's what we all certainly what I'm hoping to do at my house and what yeah. we all ought to be doing uh, to prepare the next generation to, to take over this world. Well, I appreciate your leadership in the community. And thank, thank you, you for taking time to come in to see us today. Uh, I want to thank, of course, our, our guests today. I want to take, thank Robert for coming in. Also, I want to thank Michelle McAdoo for doing a great job producing, once again, and great bumper music. It's great. Anyway, uh, of course, now you're talking as a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and we're going to come back next week. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. See you all and have a great week. Big family and the truth, you know, love is all we need.